Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. It's around 45 degrees, and that's exactly where they should be for this time of year. Chance for a little bit of a wintry mix come early Wednesday morning, but it shouldn't amount to a whole lot. I'm 7 News Meteorologist Steve Rudin in the First Alert Weather Center. 41 degrees, clouds in northwest. You're listening to WTOP, Washington's top news, live, local, 24-7. This hour of news is sponsored by Lido Pizza. Lido Pizza never cuts corners. Good afternoon, I'm Mark Lewis. Coming up, we continue to follow developments out of the Middle East after American troops were killed and injured by an Iran-backed militant group there. Our national security correspondent, J.J. Green, joins us in 15 minutes. New details into the timeline of a crime spree of a Baltimore woman in Prince George's County last week. The Dow is down five points at 2 o'clock. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Monica Ricks. The U.S. has promised to respond to the drone strike that killed three American service members and injured dozens more over the weekend in Jordan. The U.S. blaming an Iranian-backed militia group for that attack. CBS's Holly Williams has more now from our foreign desk in London. These are the first American fatalities, and that's a very serious development. Iran has denied any involvement in the attack on Tower 22. There have been fears of a wider war in the Middle East ever since the Israel-Hamas conflict began on October 7th, most likely involving proxies of Iran. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin returned to work today at the Pentagon and weighed in on the deadly attack. Let me start with my outrage and sorrow for the death of three brave U.S. troops in Jordan and for the other troops who were wounded. The president and I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces and we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops. Osman's been working from home after getting hospitalized for prostate cancer complications earlier this month. More nations have stopped sending humanitarian funds to the United Nations. Correspondent Pamela Falk explains why. 16 donor countries joined the U.S. in halting funding to the U.N. Agency for Palestinian Refugees following accusations by Israel that several UNRWA staff were involved in Hamas's October 7th attack. The U.N. says it's opened an investigation into those allegations but urged countries to resume funding for those desperate for aid in Gaza. On Capitol Hill, senators say bipartisan legislation enacting sweeping new measures at the southern border could be unveiled as soon as this week. Here's CBS's Nicole Killian. Speaker Mike Johnson over in the House has made clear that whatever comes out of the Senate is potentially dead in the House. That just shows the uphill climb this bill uh, potentially has once it's finalized. A couple of royals are back home recovering. King Charles was discharged from a clinic in London after getting treated for an enlarged prostate. And Princess Kate is out following stomach surgery. Buckingham Palace says she'll be out of commission till after Easter. Amazon has scrapped its plan to buy iRobot. Shares in iRobot plunged after the Bedford, Massachusetts-based robot vacuum maker and Amazon mutually called off the planned $1.4 billion acquisition after running into regulatory opposition in Europe and the U.S., with European antitrust regulators recently signaling they were going to block the deal. At CBS's Jason Brooks reporting, the failed deal now forcing iRobot to cut about a third of its workforce. That's about 350 workers. The Dow's down about half a point on Wall Street. This is CBS News. 
Sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. 203 on WTOP on this Monday, January 29th, 2024. Cloudy skies all around. We sit at 45 in D.C. Good afternoon. I'm Sean Anderson. And I'm Ann Kramer. Our top local story this hour, an update on the woman charged with a series of crimes last week that covered a chunk of Prince George's County and included the stabbing of a teenager. 31-year-old Tanae Stallings-Brown remains behind bars. She has a court appearance this afternoon. WTOP Scott Gelman has been following the developments closely. He's been looking over the charging documents in the case and joins us now. Scott. Yeah, Sean and Ann, this all goes back to what happened across Prince George's County on Thursday night when, as you said, Tanae Stallings-Brown went on what police called earlier uh, last week. Police called this a a violent spree across the county. This started around 5 o'clock on Thursday night. But the really interesting item in these charging documents that we just got this morning is around 6.30. So this started 5 o'clock. About 90 minutes later at 6.30 she is accused of stopping at a Lanham gas station getting into a cab, flagging down the taxi driver, getting into the cab not saying where she wanted to go. There was according to charging documents a little bit of a back and forth. And then ultimately she showed the knife and then according to the charging documents took that knife out and stabbed the driver of the taxi in the chest now the charging documents say that the taxi driver continued to fight as she pushed the knife deeper into his chest and ultimately got it out and was able to go inside the gas station where a police officer from Prince George's County ultimately was able to come in and render him aid and take him to the hospital it's also and as you said involved a 15 year old girl uh, no update on the victims in this case according to Prince George's County Police this afternoon and an interesting development. The mom, Tanae Stallings-Brown's mom, telling the Washington Post that she does have a struggle with, has had a struggle with mental illness, including schizophrenia and ADHD. And again, and as you said, the bond hearing this afternoon will continue to bring you developments as we get them. Reporting live in the studio, Scott Gelman, WTOP News. All right, Scott, thanks. 205. In other news this afternoon, it's been a week of turmoil and tension at the top of Montgomery County Public Schools. Montgomery County Superintendent says she's staying despite being asked to leave while the school board says it's a personnel matter. Well, an inspector general's report shows chaotic management of a system that's supposed to tackle accusations of misconduct. With a situation where Montgomery County School Superintendent Monifa McKnight says she's been asked to step down, but says she's been given no justification by the Board of Ed, should McKnight be removed? Montgomery County Council President Andrew Friedson. That's a personnel matter between the Board of Education and the superintendent. I will say that the issue needs to be resolved and it needs to be resolved as quickly as possible because the school system needs stability. McKnight and the school board have been criticized over the handling of allegations of sexual harassment and bullying by a principal who is no longer with the school system. In a little over a week, two council committees will hold a hearing on an inspector general's report on the issue. Kate Ryan, WTOP News. 206, she is defending the health of downtown D.C. Mayor Bowser sharing her thoughts about the economy of downtown now that the owner of the Capitals and Wizards is in the process of getting local and state approval to relocate his teams to Alexandria. That story from WTOP's Mike Marillo. Speaking at the National Children's Museum in downtown, Mayor Muriel Bowser says seeing crowds this weekend herself and rising Metro ridership numbers show. People are coming downtown. And so I want to be sure that you're clear about that. But the city is seeing some big exits, among them the Capitals, Wizards, and even mortgage giant Fannie Mae. 
And Caps and Wizards owner Ted Leonsis mentioned significant challenges facing downtown businesses when defending a move to Alexandria. The mayor didn't comment on that, but says... We recognize that we want more people, more workers, more visitors, more restaurant goers in our downtown. This includes offering new grants to get businesses into empty buildings and to lure more family-friendly businesses downtown. In the district, Mike Marillo, WTOP News. Another warning this afternoon that driving in marked bus lanes in the district can result in you getting a fine. The warning period ended today. Fines start at 100 bucks if you're caught driving, stopping, or parking in a bus lane. Violators will be fined by uh, photos that are taken from Metro buses. The Washington Post reports during the warning period there were 50,000 warnings given to drivers. Now, drivers are allowed to go into a bus lane when turning into an intersection or driveway. And speaking of driving, maybe you've noticed your commute in the Washington area is getting close to what it was like before the COVID pandemic. Some advice in the best and worst times actually head out the door. Most in our area leave the house between 8 and 8.30 each morning, according to the U.S. Census Bureau data. Leaving a half hour later can save 20 hours a year of commuting time, says Yardy Cube, a co-working space management platform. It, it really depends on what time they have to get to work. WTLP morning traffic reporter Rita Kessler. They can't leave at 9 o'clock if they have to be at work at 9 o'clock. As for whether listeners typically build in wiggle room and planning their commutes? Most people leave enough time for their typical commute, so that's when something can throw it completely out of whack. Neil Loggenstein, WTLP News. Coming up in money news after traffic and weather. The brand new bet on rate cuts. I'm Jeff Clayball. 208. Michael and Sons heating tune-up for only $59. Michael and And we say good afternoon to Dave Dildine. He's in the traffic center. Good afternoon. And in the district on DC 295, southbound traffic has been slow because of a scheduled work zone beyond Benning Road. But there is also a report of a crash south of East Capitol Street. DC Fire and EMS sent that way. Northbound could be in some sluggish traffic, but hopefully unimpeded. If you're heading outbound on I-395, you're in heavy and slow traffic out of southwest across the 14th Street Bridge. And once you get into Arlington, it's only two right lanes getting by the recurring road work. Beyond that work zone from Crystal City to Springfield, you are good to go. On 95, southbound, the trip is good. Northbound, a couple of slowdowns, work zones. In Quantico, the 4 exit 148 right lane blocked. And on the ramp that takes traffic onto the outer loop of the Beltway, you are down to single file, but in that case, they are in the process of clearing the cones. On the Beltway's inner and outer loop in McLean, right lane is blocked. We're used to that one. 66, good inside and outside of the Beltway. Uh, out in Gainesville, Route 20 near Heathcote Boulevard under police direction at a crash. That's in Virginia. In Maryland on Route 29, in Four Corners, northbound after University Boulevard, believe the police activity has cleared. Northbound, the pace is much improved coming out of Four Corners. Want to test an electric car? Plug it to fitsmall.com and find your electric ride today. Check out the Subaru, Solterra, Hyundai, Ioniq, or Toyota BZ4X at fitsmall.com. That's the Fitz way. I'm Dave Dildine, WTLP Traffic. 7 News First Alert, meteorologist Steve Rudin. Hartley sunny skies moving through the remainder of the afternoon. It will be on the breezy side with wind gusts 20 to 30 miles per hour. That's going to give us wind chill factors only in the 30s. Those winds will ease this evening and into the overnight. A chilly start to the day tomorrow with highs around 45 degrees under partly cloudy skies. I'm 7 News Meteorologist Steve Rudin in the First Alert Weather Center. We have clouds right now, 45 at Reagan National, 41 degrees in northwest D.C., all brought to you by Long Fence. Save 25% on decks, pavers, and fences. Six months, no payment, no interest. Conditions apply. Go to longfence.com. 
WTOP's Money News at 10 and 40 past the hour. Let's say hello to Jeff Claybaugh. Morning, Sean. Afternoon, Sean. Market eyes all week on the Federal Reserve this week. The Fed's first rate meeting of the new year starts tomorrow. As a two-day meeting, no cut is expected, but a Bloomberg survey of investors this morning now places roughly even odds the Fed could signal the first rate cut coming in March. Amazon has dropped its plans to acquire vacuum maker iRobot, citing unlikely regulatory approval. iRobot now says it'll lay off 31% of its employees. iRobot also makes bomb disposal robots. Older office buildings in the D.C. area, especially largely vacant ones, are losing value. The Washington Business Journal says the 50-year-old Xerox building in Roslyn just sold for $25 million. The previous owner bought it for $145 million a decade ago. That site has been planned for residential redevelopment. The Dow is up 6, the S&P 500 is up 12, the Nasdaq's up 82 points, that's a half percent. Jeff Glabel, WTOP News. Money News brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Save on salmon at Whole Foods Market. Sustainable, well-caught, tropical, marinated, and plain sockeye salmon fillets are 25% off with Prime through March 28th. While supplies last, shop in-store or online. Terms apply. Coming up, an update on the investigation into the drone attack on U.S. troops in Jordan. WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green will join us live. 212. Here's a highlight from Peter Romness, cybersecurity principal for the CISO Advisors Office at Cisco Systems on Federal News Network's Cyber Industry Exchange. Oftentimes, our defenders get too much threat intelligence. So when you get in too much, it's the opposite problem of having not enough. So the ability to have the machines just get these feeds and automatically present options or automatically implement the changes is very helpful to the defenders. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search Industry Exchange. Cisco Umbrella for Government is a comprehensive cloud-native cybersecurity solution designed to protect federal, state, and local government agencies to accomplish their mission. With advanced security features, it ensures compliance with stringent government cybersecurity mandates. Umbrella for Government is backed by the power of Cisco Talos, one of the world's largest commercial threat teams, providing unmatched intelligence and threat protection. To learn more, visit umbrella.cisco.com. That's umbrella.cisco.com. This is the day of the big sale at your gift shop. Welcome in. So this isn't just a big day for your business. It's a big day for the network keeping it all connected. That is, if it can handle the pressure. Next in line, please. So is it possible to get business internet you can really count on? It is. With 99.9% network reliability from Comcast Business. It's like this neat little bow. Do you like that gift wrap? Really ties it all together. Reliable internet for your business. It's not just possible. It's happening. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. Get started with fast speeds and advanced security for $49.99 a month for 12 months with a one-year contract. Plus, ask how to get up to a $1,000 prepaid card on a qualifying gig bundle. Don't wait. Call or go online today to switch to Comcast Business. Ends 221-24. Restrictions apply. New customers only with 50 megabits per second internet and security edge. Eco bill and auto pay required. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra. After 12 months, regular rates apply. Later this hour, special Valentine's Day messages for some people who might not get one on the Day of Love. Keep it here on WTOP. Welcome back. All right, Jimmy, our Army veteran for $400. Are you ready to answer the next question? Actually, I'm good. Huh? Well, I already earn and save $473 a year on average with Navy Federal Credit Union. So, yeah. 
All members of the armed forces, all veterans, and their families can earn and save more every year with a Navy Federal membership. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA. Dollar value based on the 2022 Navy Federal Member Giveback Study. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Go to hymns.com slash joy. Through Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, and the process is 100% online. To start your free online visit, go to hymns.com slash joy. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Washington's top news, WTOP. Facts matter. It's 2.15. I'm Ann Kramer. And I'm Sean Anderson. Thanks for being with us. Well, we are continuing to wait and hear from the president about the deadly attack on U.S. troops in Jordan on what the response from the U.S. will actually be. Three were killed, dozens more injured when they were attacked by a drone strike that was done by an Iran-backed group. The three deaths of the first American fatalities after months of strikes by such groups against American forces in the Middle East since the Israel-Hamas war started back in October. And word this afternoon, there may have been some confusion about the drone. Well, here to help us better stand, uh, better understand all of this is WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green. J.J., first, what can you tell us about the confusion part of this story when it comes to the Iran-backed militia group drone and an American drone in the region at the same time? Well, Sean and Ann, thanks for doing this. Um, the confusion is this. How did that drone get through to explode and kill and wound these troops. There is this uh, narrative that we're getting now that this drone supposedly was following very closely an American drone that was returning to base. The defense system supposedly were turned off to allow the American drone to return. There is a second narrative that has emerged within the last maybe hour or so indicating that um, there simply was uh, no pre- no preparation for this particular drone that um, it may have had nothing to do with the U.S. drone returning. All of this is a bit confusing, and we'll have to wait for the forensics on this from the Defense Department. But the bottom line on it is this drone got through and killed U.S. troops in the region. In terms of why and how, who did this, that's, a even, that's an even more complicated story. J.J., what do we know about the Iran-backed militia group, though, that we believe did this? Well, so... The group is called the Islamic Resistance in Iraq. It's a term used to describe a coalition, pretty loose coalition of Iranian-backed militias that basically suppose U.S. support for the war in Gaza. And here's what's interesting about them. They are deliberately vague. To say membership is deliberately vague. That gives them a level of anonymity and a, a level of plausible deniability uh, in case situations like this happen. But the bottom line is they're supported by Iran's Revolutionary Guard. They coordinate them and they finance them. But this group is one of those murky groups that operates in the region. Now, the president says the U.S. shall respond, his words. But the question is, should we expect an immediate response by the military to this attack, maybe like the strikes against the Houthis when they attack commercial ships in the Red Sea? Well, the, in terms of doing that, you know, this is a different kind of kind of con, con, kind of situation the U.S. is facing. Aside from the fact that U.S. troops were killed, this took place in yet another country. It wasn't Iraq. It wasn't Pakistan. It wasn't Syria. It wasn't on the Red Sea or any other body of water where attacks have taken place recently. It happened at a new place. This was Jordan. This appears to be a deliberate attempt by Iran to. Exp- 
expand this uh, Israel-Hamas conflict in the region. So what's happening is Iran has become emboldened. This leaves the U.S. with little choice but to hit them back and hit them hard. The key is to do it in a way that doesn't jeopardize these other interests in the region. So I do think, based on what we've heard not too long ago, just a short, short bit ago from John Kirby at the White House, the, the president and his team are thinking about this and trying to figure out how to proceed on this so that they can continue with their other initiatives, their other operations in the region, but at the same time send an undeniable message to Iran and these militias. JJ, I know we speak with you frequently as new develops warrant. We appreciate it. Yep. WTOP National Security Correspondent J.J. Green. WTOP's traffic and weather on the 8th brought to you by Window Nation. Winter's here and with Window Nation. Replacing those old windows is easier and more affordable than you think. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. We've got Dave Dildine in the WTOP Traffic Center. In the district, heading to and from the Anacostia and Potomac River bridges, D.C. Fire EMS went for a crash southbound on D.C. 295 between the ramps to the Young Bridge and the Sousa Bridge at a point before Pennsylvania Avenue. Northbound traffic's heavy. There was a work zone scheduled near Benning Road. And if you're going outbound at I-395 from the 3rd Street Tunnel toward the 14th Street Bridge, still in heavy traffic, but crews are backing up and pulling cones back and reopening the left lanes on the Virginia shoreline. That works is almost clear. Meanwhile, in Virginia, on 95 northbound in Quantico, the work zone before exit 148, the right lane is still blocked, but all lanes and ramps are open at the Springfield Interchange. The northbound ramp to the outer loop is open. That work zone is clear. On the inner and outer loop in McLean between the toll road and Georgetown Pike, the right lane is still blocked, but on the outer loop, almost clear, almost with all lanes open. 66 good inside, outside of the Beltway. In Maryland on the Beltway, so far so good. 270 out of Enfold, 95 southbound, slow roll through Columbia. In the wake of a mobile work zone, drought, war, and rising food prices have devastated families in poverty. $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word radio to 97646. I'm Dave Dildine, WTOP Traffic. Let's head over to the 7 News First Alert Weather Center. Meteorologist Steve Rudin joins us now. Steve, how are we looking today? And I guess take us through the week. Yeah, you know, not so bad out there today. I mean, not as great as it was on Friday when it was 80 degrees, mm. but hey, it's January. We're looking at gusty winds, and that's definitely adding an extra chill to the air. So if you're out and about, bundle up. Even though temperatures are well into the 40s, our feels-like readings or wind chill factors are only in the 30s. Good news, wind will diminish or ease moving through the evening, and overnight we'll see partly cloudy skies. Wake-up temperatures tomorrow morning in the upper 20s to middle 30s. Now for the day tomorrow, partly cloudy. It's definitely not going to be as windy. High temperatures around 45 degrees. A chance for a little bit of a wintry mix come early, early Wednesday morning. I don't foresee this becoming a problem. If you see anything at all, it's north and west of D.C. And it's usually, uh, it looks like right now it's about uh, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning and it's moisture starved. So not looking at any big accumulations. And then toward the end of the week will be milder. 46 in Manassas, 43 in Potomac, and 46 downtown. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. Coming up on WTOP, talking about creating a market for weed in Virginia, 222. Have you heard of plantar fasciitis? Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. And while that condition can be hard to pronounce, it's even harder to live with. Imagine jumping off the back of a pickup truck onto some rocks. That's what it felt like when I was suffering from plantar fasciitis. I was a runner who could no longer run, and my foot pain impacted me both physically and emotionally. Coming to the Good Feet Store was the first step to living my life pain-free. 
After searching and trying so many other products, I finally found relief with Goodfeet Arch Supports, and they still keep me running today. Now I get to help others who are struggling with plantar fasciitis to live their life pain-free. Maybe it's your turn. Is foot pain holding you back from living the life you love? Visit the Goodfeet store today for a free personalized fitting and test walk. The Goodfeet store has locations across greater D.C. and Baltimore. Visit goodfeet.com to book your appointment today or just stop by. I'm Jonathan Cotton, and we look forward to seeing you soon at the Goodfeet store. The future of cyber lies where you'd least expect it. A powerhouse on the plains, Dakota State University. As an NSA Center of Academic Excellence, DSU is changing cyber education one degree at a time. We're bringing AI and all things cyber to the world, closing the workforce gap and encouraging more women and minorities to get started. Visit DSUCyber27.com to learn more and find ways to partner. Dakota State University. If you're new to WTOP, welcome. This is where you'll hear news that impacts you. We are hearing about an incident in Bethesda. A storm system is moving across northern Virginia. Two crashes on I-270 with two lanes blocked. Here's the latest expert advice on college admissions. A new drug for Alzheimer's is offering new hope. If you've been relying on WTOP News for years, thank you for being a loyal listener. WTOP News. Facts matter. I heard it on WTOP. 224. The Virginia General Assembly is finally moving forward with efforts to create a marketplace for the manufacture and sale of recreational cannabis. The legislation action comes three years after lawmakers voted to legalize the possession of a small amount of weed for adult use. The Washington Post reports the Senate committee advanced a bill last week to get a regulated retail system up and running by January 1st of next year, driven partly by concern an illicit market is already flourishing. It's not clear yet if Governor Glenn Youngkin will support the plan. Two years ago, a D.C. student got together about 300 valentines to send to people in nursing homes and hospitals. This year, his campaign has exploded to nearly 30,000 cards. Just to see all the progress, I'm, I'm very proud of everyone signing up and my project. Patrick Kaufman says tens of thousands of kids from nearly 120 schools in the area wrote kind messages on the homemade cards. One student, I think it was in third grade, made flowers out of paper and put different messages on each flower. Kaufman, three years in, hopes the success can be an inspiration for other kids to start their own philanthropic project. At first, project might not sound great. It might not start off well, but if you keep putting work into it, you're going to see results. Luke Luger, WTOP News. Sports at 25 and 55. All right, George Wallace here as we come off the AFC and NFC title games. Uh, our Ann Kramer's in black today. See, I, I noticed Ravens that loss. I did. She's wearing <sighs> cupcakes, though. Yeah, that's true. I paid my debt back, right? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the Ravens, look, uh, w- they were two interesting games this weekend, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The Ravens shut out the Chiefs in the second half. I know. You gave up 17 in the first half, but shut them out in the second. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't blame the defense. No. Well, some right? people do. Well, Mike McDonald, <laughs> their uh, defensive coordinator, <laughs> nice, nice transition. <laughs> your, your defensive coordinator, is talking with Washington today about the head coaching position. Uh, the Washington also going to talk with Ben Johnson tomorrow. That is 